into cybersecurity? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Welcome to Thursday, October 5th, 2023, episode number 466 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, war goons, not only IT, Scotty Scott, Sherry, Marcus Kyler, Philip Martin, pastor of Muppets over on Discord, all the folks on LinkedIn, people coming in hot from YouTube, Simply Cyber Squad members, cybersecurity community members, long-timers and first-timers, we're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner, so how can you operationalize this at work in the next couple of weeks, you know, for tactical advantage, or how you can implore it, excuse me, in, implement it in a strategic manner for, you know, uh, 2024. Either way, you're going to get value out of it. Second of all, if you're new here, I mean, if you're new to the industry looking to break in, there's going to be value here for you. A, you're going to get exposed to concepts, terminology, um, you know, different cons, like different ideas of what's going on, threat actors. Plus, in any single job interview, you're going to be asked, how do you stay current on the cybersecurity industry? This right here is a phenomenal answer. Believe that. Plus, over here, chat, there's hundreds of amazing, wonderful, supportive, inclusive people. Philip Martin, Carrie, Cherie Slam. Tom Bishop coming over from the boot. Like so many, so many amazing, supportive, awesome people. Uh, keep straight crushing it. Jenny Housley, I am feeling better. We could talk about that at the mid-roll, guys. I had a, a, a tough day yesterday. There's been some some theories uh, speculated as to what happened to me. I'm willing to share those with you. But it is Thursday. I got the Citadel shirt, the Citadel mug. I am teaching uh, later today, so there will be no jaw jacking, but we'll get into all that later. If it is your first time on the stream, if your first episode, you're like, this seems pretty cool. I like this guy. Hashtag first timer in chat. Even if you don't like this guy, hashtag first timer in chat. Definitely appreciate that, guys. All right. Now, before we dig into the show, I'd love to throw some love to the stream sponsors, those businesses that are partnered with Simply Cyber in order to deliver this uh, podcast every single day, whether I'm 100% or not. Uh, starting with my good friend, Barricade Cyber Solutions and Eric Taylor. You guys all know Eric Taylor. Squad members got an emote uh, for Barricade Cyber Solutions because... They're that awesome. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But guess what, y'all? Guess what, Sean Peralt and Funky Monk? I got news for you. Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. Got their website up here right now. If you scroll down on the left, this is how you can get Eric Taylor on your calendar instantly. Man knows what he's doing. He can definitely help you out. Also want to shout out and love Panopsi Security. Panopsi, get a partner who understands your cybersecurity program and your business goals. Operating left of boom. Here's the deal. You need a risk assessment. You need a gap analysis. You need some type of cybersecurity plan. This is where Panopsi comes in. Brandon Poole and his team will come in Look at your threat landscape, your industry, your budget, your resources, your current maturity level, and then they'll give you an actual informed, quantified 
uh, one to three year roadmap on how you can have high risk reduction, quick wins early, and then a long-term strategy on how to implement your cybersecurity program. It's basically like VCSO in a box. If you wanted like access to a CISO for like just a few months, uh, just to get a plan and then like, you know, enough of you CISO, I'm going to execute on this plan. That's what this is right here. And it's freaking phenomenal. Also, so pitopsi.com links in the description. Holler at your boy, anti-siphon training. More about them at the mid-roll. Uh, but I do love Black Hills InfoSec. Do love Wild West Hackenfest. Do love anti-siphon training. I'm an anti-siphon training evangelist. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. If you're live uh, in chat, let's hear you with a hashtag team live. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief is worth half a CPE. So that seems kind of like, ugh, like I don't get out of bed for less than two CPEs, Jerry. Well, here's the deal. They stack two and a half a week, 10 a month. Be sure to say what's up in chat, grab a screen cap, file it in a folder. And then when it comes time for CPE season, you're all set. No big deal. All right. Hashtag team live. If you don't know what to say, Emilio Garcia is hashtag team live. I love it. If you are on replay, they count, they count there too. So hashtag team replay, uh, take a screen cap. Basically when you, when you say it, hashtag team live team replay, you're, you're time stamping that you were here, right? That's the deal. And as I mentioned earlier, if it is your first time, hashtag first timer. And just to kind of revisit an old but good hashtag passive observer. We don't really talk about passive observers too much, but if you've been lurking, I saw someone who's been around since episode 155 yesterday say, what's up? First time, 300 episodes later. Don't be shy, guys. I know sometimes you got to move at your own pace, but I'm telling you what, the networking is unfreaking believably valuable. You cannot underline it, underscore it, bold font, you know, 50 size font character. You cannot overemphasize how valuable networking is. Believe me. So don't be shy. Say what's up. People are really nice here. Simply Cyber is a supportive, inclusive community. That's what we're doing. So take part in it, okay? We got a great show for you. As always, I don't prep or review any of the stories in advance. So you're getting my raw, rough, rugged, and raw first take on all these, which is fine. Um, really quick, too. Shout out to Eric Taylor yesterday for pinch hitting for me. I was battling something yesterday. It was kind of a hot mess express. Uh, I laid down afterwards, got up at like 1130, and then worked until 4. I felt fine. Uh, those who sent me well wishes, both in chat and DMs, thank you very much. It means the world to me that you guys care. Uh, and I feel much better now. So thank you very much. All right, guys, do me a favor. Sherry, go get your favorite coffee cup. Boink. Sharice Lamb, settle in. Ms. Julian, get comfy, because we're about to let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over all of us in an awesome way. I will see you guys at the mid-roll. Remember, it's What's Your Meme Thursday. We got a custom meme coming up from Dan. Let's go. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. It's Thursday, October 5th, 2023. Red Cross issues hacktivist rules. The International Committee of the Red Cross published a set of rules regarding hacktivist activities in times of armed conflict in the European Journal of International Law. This noted the rise in cyber attacks by civilians during war impacting non-military targets, including hospitals. The rules call for no direct cyber attacks against civilian objects and not to use malware that spreads indiscriminately or automatically. It also calls for no cyber attacks on humanitarian facilities like hospitals. These rules come as cyber attacks from both pro-Russian groups and the IT Army of Ukraine escalate as part of the ongoing conflict in that country. All right. Well, okay. What's up, Lee Mueller? Good to see you. All right. So check it out, guys. Here's here's the deal. First of all, I love this. Okay. Red Cross. Um you know, in the military, in the war, like, you know, I'm in a trench, you're in a trench on the other side, we're shooting at each other. Someone takes a bullet to the calf and is like laying there. You know, if I run out, you could shoot me too. That's like fair game. But if a medic runs out or a Red Cross person, the idea is that you don't shoot them. Like they're trying to be humanitarian and yes, war sucks and war is ugly, but we're trying to win land and not like just murder the most amount of people. Right. So uh, this is basically updated rules effectively for a modern battlefield where there is cyber. Now, hacktivists are civilians, non-military um, individuals who are taking part, either supporting their their country like in a patriotism way or straight up attacking another, um, 
you know, army or whatever, because they disagree with their ideology and what they're doing. Now, here's a, there's a whole bunch of things here. Exactly. Ms. Julian says, do these hold any weight? I, I think that this is a good idea simply because, and I'm going to tell you, I don't think it has teeth. Okay. So like, first let's get that out of the way, but I think it's a good idea. I think it's interesting to have this conversation, to think, think through it and be realistic about what's up. Now, here's the thing in a wartime, when we're shooting across the battlefield and you see someone with the medic, you know, uh, bandana around their arm, it's pretty clear that's a freaking medic. Now, it doesn't mean that an espionage spy can't throw on a medic uh, uh, bandana thing and then like go out to the battlefield to pick up a wounded soldier and then like whip a grenade into the into the trench. That could happen. But if you do that, you're undermining the entire like agreement of like what that that what that 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 capability is of getting a pass to rescue people. So in a digital battlefield, it's very much very easy to appear to be um, a hacktivist, to appear to be uh, not a military target, right? So while I like this idea, I think people are going to, like what people do when you can't see them is different than what they do when you can see them, right? And like, let's be honest, right? Like if you come up to a stop sign, a four-way stop sign in the middle of the night, and no one's around. Do you come to a full stop? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But if there was a cop there and it was the middle of the day, I guarantee you would do it, right? So with these digital battlefields, I feel like a hacktivist is, is, feels less, I guess, social pressure or less um, external, you know, um, incentive to want to abide by these rules. Now, let's look at the rules for a hot minute. Do not cyber attack against civilian objects. Okay, well, here's the deal. All right, so we're not going to attack a hospital. All right, that makes sense. Well, what if a uh, there's a lot of private, pu public, private sector collaboration, right? So don't attack a civilian object. However, what if there's like a tank factory in Luxembourg, right? And it's making the tanks that the soldiers are getting in, and then they're using those tanks to blow you up, right? So nah, I don't know. Like, how do you how do you define? Well, that's civilian, and you can't attack that. So again, I think it's going to be very difficult to implement this in any any you know reasonable way. Don't use malware or other tools to spread automatically to damage military objectives and civilian objects indiscriminately. I love this idea. Not Petya is a perfect example of like what can happen if you don't do this right. Not Petya ravaged tons of non-military targets, okay, including Merck, Mersk, and um, Mondelez, okay, to, to the tune of like billions of dollars. Second of all, Stuxnet. Let's not be, you know, foolish to think that we, United States, is like some higher righteous power, right? Like Stuxnet got out, right? And it, it fortunately, it didn't cause as ma massive damage as um, as not pet you did. But my point is, when you build these things, they're humans writing the software. And while I feel like you could try to accommodate this one, you're not going to. Also, by the way, I just want to point out this one. It's like you're shooting a you're shooting at a target, so there's like less pressure for self-preservation. This one right here, I think everyone follows this one because you have the accidental mistake of accidentally blowing up your own hospitals or your own infrastructure, right? With this one, so I think th there's basically an incentive to make sure that you follow this one, right? You you've got you've got to think through it, guys. Yeah, we're talking about, so BSEC, we're, like the Red Cross issued rules on how to behave in a wartime theater if you're not a military element. When planning a cyber attack against a military objective, do everything feasible to minimize the effects on civilians. Yeah, okay, no problem. Again, guys, this is the final thing I'll say about this one, okay? You've got to remember this. You got to remember this, guys. There's only one internet, right? When there's a battle in Crimea, and Ukraine is shooting at Russia. I'm sitting in the low country, sipping coffee and thinking like, man, that really sucks, right? But but there's no way a stray bullet or a stray missile or a stray tank is going to hit me in any capacity. I can sleep at night and be like, man, it's no big deal. It's not me. Because the battlefield is there, not here. We only have one internet, guys. The, the internet is an incredibly hostile world. Right. And they're operating on the same one as us. It's not like there's like a civilian Internet and a military Internet. And I know there's cipernets. So don't give me that noise. But my point is these solutions, these weapons, these attacks, they're happening on the same battlefield. So our global theater is very small because there's only one 
area to conduct operations, conduct business, conduct anything. So it's very difficult to segment that out. I leave the rest of these to you to, to uh, ingest yourself. I do want to say holler, holler, holler at um, the Red Cross. I think this is a cool idea and it's a discussion that we should be having. Now, implementing it is ridiculous. All right, got a super chat coming in from James McQuiggan. James McQuiggan, guys, can we just agree for a minute that James McQuiggan, um, he, this dude flies first class to change the forecast. He is the Jay-Z of InfoSec. He's always flying around 35,000 feet, probably sitting in seat 1A, drinking a mimosa right now, coming at you. It's all go, no stop for Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Stuxnet changed my life. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thanks so much for the super chat, James McQuiggan. <laughs> Would love to hear your story on Stuxnet sometime. Maybe bring you on as a guest on Simply Cyber Live. Let's keep rolling. Tunables hits major Linux distros. Researchers at Qualys disclosed details on this bug in the GNU C library's LD.SO dynamic loader. This allows for a buffer overflow when processing a specific environment variable that opens the door to privilege escalation. Red Hat issued mitigations for the flaw. In its advisory, it warned that a local attacker could use the flaw to execute code with root access. Most major Linux distributions that use the GNC C library are vulnerable to the exploit, although those that use alternatives like Alpine Linux remain unaffected. Cool. See? Okay, so first, there's a couple things here. One, um, good morning, Simply CyberFam. Happy Friday Eve, Team Lie. Love you guys. Good to have you back at 100%. Dr. Osher coming from Isaiah Morris on LinkedIn. Thanks, Isaiah. Guys, I got to tell you, I feel amazing. I feel very happy. I'm, I'm blessed. Um, I was I was broken yesterday. I, I very, very seldomly bail out of work. And uh, I, I had to yesterday. Okay, so Linux distribution issue. Now, guys, this is a privesque issue right here, which means that a threat actor already has to have uh, access to your box, okay? So first of all, put that in your risk calculation. They have to already own the box and then they can privesk up. So if, you know, so... That's an issue. It is on major distributions. It is the giblib, giblib. <laughs> it's it's the giblets. Do, 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 do giblets. Listen, it's the glibc variable. Now, uh, return to libc is a seminal uh, vulnerability that got exploited um, to great lengths a long time ago. Uh, let me see. Return to libc. I I, I invite you. <laughs> it's got a Wikipedia page at this point. I invite you to go check this out. This is a Seminole Linux uh, Vuln and exploit that a lot of people took advantage of back in the day. This one does seem somewhat like similar in some capacity. Um, if you can fix it, fix it. Most people that are running Linux distributions, and this is not a diss. Um, hey, Vineeth, first timer, what's up? Listen, this isn't a diss on people who run Windows because I run Windows too. I run whatever tool I need to like, you know, like get the job done. I don't care if it's Linux, Windows, whatever. But if you're running Linux, most people who run Linux have a better understanding of IT and how to manage and, and, and maintain their systems. So, you know, in, or if you're a Linux admin. So if you are running this, make sure that you address it if you can. Um, getting a privesque is no good. But again, defense in depth, right? Someone's got to get uh, access to the box to begin with. So you have to get compromised. I will say if you're like running a web application on a Linux backend, you know, then it might be getting uh, probed and prodded from the internet. So you definitely want to focus on that. From an exposure management perspective, you always want to start with external facing systems and then work your way inward, obviously. Um, so yeah, there's that. Also, they don't mention it here. Um, I'm actually kind of curious. Mac, Mac OS X, uh, glibc. Okay, it does not look like... Uh... Yeah, okay, so here's the good news. Apple does not use glibc. Don't forget, guys, Mac OS X is Linux, okay? Like, I know, like, Apple people are like, oh, like, I'm highfalutin and better than you. But at the end of the day, Apple is a Linux distro, period, end of story, right? And I run Apple products, or I used to, so I'm not, I feel like I can make that joke and uh, not piss off Apple people. Sorry, Kennedy. Okay, let's go. It may have violated the First Amendment. A three-judge panel with the U.S. Court of Appeal. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. A negative story about CISA? I, hold on, we might just skip to the next story. I can't be having my my uh, my lady Jen Easterly getting drugged through the mud here. Let's see what happens. 
the Fifth Circuit ruled in Missouri versus Biden that the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency used its frequent interactions with social media platforms to push them to adopt more restrictive policies on election-related speech. This came after CISA coordinated with tech platforms to protect elections from misinformation in 2020. The ruling bars CISA and its officials from attempting to coerce or otherwise encourage removal or spreading of posts by tech companies. It also sets the decision up for a potential review by the Supreme Court. The ruling doesn't bar social platforms from removing election misinformation of their own volition. Uh, All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. So a couple things. One, and I know this is going to be uh, kind of a gross, not a gross take, but a take that's probably not going to age well. But if I had to get, Jen didn't take over until I want to say 2021, like after the elections. Hold on. Um, Jen Easterly, election, um, director, CISA dates. Uh, yeah, so see, she took over July 2021. This was after the 2020 election. The uh, director at, um, at uh, CISA before was Chris um, Chris Krebs, right? Chris Krebs was there between 18 and 2020. Um, again, so just, just you know, I know I'm a Jen Easterly fanboy, okay? I'm just pointing out this, the, this is all happening before Jen gets there. Second of all, um, you know, I guess say what you want, but like CISA is... Uh, their mission is to protect the country and the country's infrastructure and misinformation, disinformation, weaponizing social media, election uh, tampering, et cetera. I do feel like that does fall under purview. So I appreciate this. This is a very sticky situation. I do see this going to the Supreme Court. So <clears throat> let's let's see what happens with this one. I hope to gosh. Um, here's my thing. With like transparency and oversight and, and certain following protocols, um, I think it's good to go. You know what I mean? We'll see. Uh, finally, uh, shout out to Nicole Pelroth's book. Um, this is how they tell me the world ends by Nicole Pelroth. Absolutely phenomenal book. I strongly recommend this one. Uh, if you get a chance to pick this up or read it, you can see I bought it in October last year. Um, like the the end of the book, like talks about Chris Krebs and making decisions that he made, uh, which he knew was going to cost him his job at CISA uh, in order to protect the 2020 elections integrity. A phenomenal way to end the book. This book is freaking awesome. If I could give Je- uh, Nicole Pelroth a high five, I would give her two. Um, Nicole Pelroth gets a woo. All right. Thanks, Nicole. And thanks, CISA. So keep a close eye on this one, guys. This one is especially with an election coming up in 2024, the primaries are already being kind of like hyped up. This is going to be a real thing here in a minute. Fareez Azari just got an offer for my first cybersecurity internship. Wouldn't have even applied if it wasn't for the amazing Simply Cyber community. First of all, Fareez, thanks for the super chat. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Second of all, just got an offer for your first cybersecurity internship. I came in like a Yeah, boy. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Congratulations, Ferez. You absolutely own that. Do me a favor, crush it. Straight crush it. You're going to love it. I, I, I'm super pumped for you and can't wait until the, um, the next one comes. Love it, love it, love it. Let's keep rolling, y'all. High profile move it victim confirmed. Sony Interactive Entertainment sent breach notifications to roughly 6,800 current and former employees that threat actors exploited the move it flaw to exfiltrate personally identifiable information. The Klopp ransomware organization added Sony to its leak site back in June, but this is the first confirmation from the company. The attack impacted the company on May 28th, three days prior to Progress Software disclosing the flaw in MoveIt to Sony. This appears unrelated to a separate data breach that leaked 3.14 gigabytes of company information by the group Ransom VC late last month. Jesus. And now- Sony's having a bad uh, run of it, right? Wasn't Sony just hit? Um, Sony was just hit like recently with something else. I think I feel like um, I can't even remember, but like Sony was in in the news recently. Uh, Sony's hit with uh, Move It, guys. Move It happened like back in the summer. Klopp ransomware gang hit pay dirt. You know, in Vegas, like the um, the slot machines, and I'm not a gambler, but like I, you know, I, I go to Vegas every summer. I see it. The slot machines where like you know they're like a bank of slot machines, like a like a like a circle of slot machines, but in the middle is like some some like you know. Uh, 
jackpot that's like, you know, growing over time based on all the money going into the thing, right? Klopp ransomware hit the three sevens, hit the three gold bricks or whatever you want to say. And they cashed out that freaking uh, major jackpot thing with move it. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I think Klopp ransomware is deplorable and what they did sucks. But dude, they got so much freaking information. There's no question in my mind that somebody somewhere, ChatGPT, wrote some type of Python script to basically scan the internet, find these movements, exploit them, data dump, and off and run. Because they, like, they're literally digging out, like, they're digging out of all the crap they got because they got so much that they don't even know what they have. Here it is, six months, uh, six, four months later. And they're still like uncovering data that they got. Essentially, if, if you will allow me this uh, ridiculous metaphor, Klopp Ransomware was on the TV show Storage Wars, right? Where you go and buy the abandoned storage containers and like they open the open the door up and like Klopp Ransomware is like, oh, I see a trash bag. Might be some good stuff in there. Oh, there's an old steamer chest in there. And Klopp Ransomware bit on this storage container and it turned into be a freaking gold mine all up in there behind a dirty, filthy mattress was like, tens of thousands of companies data and they're just like oh my gosh Great cash, homie. they are running roughshod and and obviously the victims are paying the price for this so sony confirming an impact who knows what data was in there right it could be pii it could be employee data let's see former employees family members okay personal information i mean i'm sorry to say but at this point like pii like what what are you gonna do like i'm already got five different identity theft protections like simultaneously being run right now. Like I I'm already hyper aware of being fished. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe security questions. Those are kind of going the way of the Dodo though. But um, anyways, yeah, here, here it is late last month. Uh, Sony had been breached for 3.14 gigabytes of data. Yeah. So Sony's just like, you know, taking their turn in the barrel. <laughs> Sony's got really, really um, well-defined bruises in the shape of fingers around their ankles right now from the amount of grabbing they're doing down there, Bohica style, if you get what I'm saying. Quasi-sorry, Kennedy. I feel like I did like mask that uh, metaphor a little bit. Better off using an Xbox, Mauno Julian says. Microsoft is used to threats. On another note, I'm enjoying my new role as a network support specialist at Veristack. Getting closer to my goal. Boom, baby. Thanks for the super chat, Mono. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Love it, love it, love it. All right, let's keep going. It's the mid-roll. A word from our sponsor, Conveyor. Will security questionnaires ever go away? Maybe. But as long as they're still here, you might as well get AI to complete them for you. Enter Conveyor, the AI security questionnaire automation software that auto-generates 80 to 90% accurate answers to entire questionnaires in seconds, so all you have to do is review. There's even a browser extension for the world's worst portals. Not sure if it'll work for you? Try a free one-week proof of concept at conveyor.com. All right. Actively- hey, uh, who, who, we got a couple first-timers here. First-timers. Like, Vanith. Hey, Vanith over on YouTube. Let me tell you what we do on mid-rolls every day. Get some of this. All right, guys, definitely appreciate y'all being here. 317 of you gorgeous people in chat. Let's let's keep it going. It is a Thursday, start of the college weekend. So all you 18 to 22-year-olds who are in here right now, I get it. You won't be here tomorrow because you'll be asleep, recovering and uh, from what, whatever you did to yourself uh, tonight. But I hope you have a good time. Guys, if you're getting educational value, if you're getting entertainment value, heck, if you just like the cut of my jib, do me a favor hit the like button. It goes a long way. Not so much for me to pad my stats and be able to point to it and be like, look, I got 320 likes. I'm somebody people like. No, what it does is it triggers the YouTube algorithm to tell other people searching for cybersecurity content because 318 of you here right now, you like cybersecurity content on YouTube. Like, let's just be real. So it's going to see what you're searching and realize you all like this program, which will then tell other people searching for cyber content, hey, this guy's live right now talking about something that cyber people like, go check it out. And that's how we grow the community and help build more support and inclusion. Thank you to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber, Panopsi, and Anti-Siphon. I do genuinely appreciate that all three of them have uh, committed sponsorship through the end of the year, so it makes it very easy for me to have less moving parts. 
Anti-Siphon Training is here to disrupt the traditional training industry by providing high quality and cutting edge education to everyone, regardless of financial position. They offer students the opportunity to learn skills, practice what is taught, and get taught by freaking really, really smart, advanced, skilled practitioners in the industry. Anti-Siphon Training is flipping the script on how InfoSec training works in our industry and how much it costs. Go use the link in the description below. Go to training. I'm doing it on screen right now. Go to pay what you can training. And you can see here, they got a calendar of all the upcoming events. Boom, baby, boom. You can do study for your CISSP for free. You can do packet decoding, which I think would be like Wireshark. API testing. Ooh, I might do that one myself. October 31st, little Halloween action. I think I could get in on that. So anyways, check it out. Anti-Siphon Training, genuinely appreciate it. Guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. We had a little bit of a, a crazy situation yesterday with a fork. I want to say shout out to Fallon Watts and Alex Jom uh, for their LinkedIn community posts. But Fallon Watts, if you're in chat right now, Fallon, I would love for you to tag somebody. So here's what's going to happen. Fallon's going to tag somebody. If that person wants to take the baton, they're going to go on LinkedIn and post a story. Now listen up, to, okay? If you are interested in supercharging your LinkedIn feed for free, building a supportive, inclusive network, so like the people you're connected with on LinkedIn, and having rich cybersecurity content in your LinkedIn feed, listen up. If you're not, go get coffee or whatever. Go onto LinkedIn, search for this hashtag, connect with the people posting on it, connect with the people commenting on those posts. That's two actions. Connect with the people posting, connect with the people commenting. Third action, Comment on the post. You will get picked up in the Peloton because the next person's going to connect with the person posting, connect with the person in comments, which is now you. And you're going to build a rich, robust, supportive, loving, inclusive LinkedIn network. Believe me, ask anyone in chat. They are absolutely um, like, don't take my word for it. This is something that we've been doing for months. It's worked out well. It's a way for us to hack LinkedIn, essentially, and weaponize it. So let's go with it. Fallon Watts, do me a favor, tag somebody, let's go. Now, every single Thursday, Dan Reardon, a.k.a. Haircut Fish, is in chat right now, makes a custom meme for the show. I don't censor it. I don't do anything. I take it directly from him, and I bring it to you, even when it's really embarrassing about me or it's super amazing about Eric Taylor. Well, today, it's a little spooky Blah, blah, blah. 1940s Dracula Jerry. Thank you very much for the hollow Halloween theme. Definitely appreciated haircut fish. Thank you all so very much. Um, definitely appreciate it. All right, guys, let's keep rolling. Investigating website attacks. A spokesperson told Jonathan Grieg of the record that it's investigating a claimed website attack by the group SiegeSec. The group claims to have stolen nine gigabytes of data from NATO, a trove of some 3,000 documents across several online portals. The spokesperson said NATO put additional cybersecurity measures in place and that the attack did not impact any missions, operations, or deployments. SiegeSec has a track record to make these attacks credible. It claims to have breached NATO back in July and has credibly attacked government systems and websites across seven U.S. states. All right. I mean, so this is one of those, um, I mean, go back to the Red Cross story earlier about hacktivist rules and, and engagement. So Siege Sec, which is probably, you know, is a pro-Russian group. I don't know if they are actively involved in uh, Russian military operations, but they're, they're attacking and dumping data from um, NATO websites. Now, NATO says that this isn't affecting any type of military operations. No, you know, no classified websites were affected and everything like that. But it just goes to show you, you know, I don't know if this is like a flex by Siege Sec to say, oh, we can get you, we can mess with you. Or if this is just kind of an annoyance to uh, divert resources from doing military operations and focusing more on incident response around um, around this, this attack right here. Uh, one thing I would say, like, even though no classified data was compromised, you know, business operations continued. I, I got to tell you personally, I think that this is like Siege Sect is kind of doing NATO uh, a little bit of a favor here. Nothing prepares and trains incident responders and SOC analysts like the real thing. Okay. You can do tabletop exercises and stuff, but you're not going to get that adrenaline dump. You're not going to get that, you know, like you're not going to get that energy and that emotion 
in a simulation, only in real incidents, real compromises, real threat actors, are you going to be like, you know, everybody on deck, like you're on the sub and the lights turn red, right? And it's like, whoop, whoop, right? So siege tech, by attacking these kind of like less valuable resources, you are giving all of the incident responders who are involved opportunities to really refine their craft, find gaps in their processes, et cetera. So uh, again, I'm not saying that like we should welcome attacks and stuff like that, or NATO should welcome attacks. Uh, it looks like uh, they have a Telegram channel. So if you're in the dark web, I, Telegram is clear web, but typically you're not going to just go on there and access it. You'd want like a sock puppet account or something like that. If you're in cyber threat intelligence, this should be interesting to you. Um, seed check, just someone to keep an eye out. They've hacked NATO multiple times. Uh, they're probably going to continue doing that. Seed check attacks several state run websites, including. Nebraska, South Dakota, Texas, Pennsylvania, and good old low country, uh, well, South Carolina, upstate, low country, PD, whatever you want to, mid-state, whatever part of South Carolina you want. Um, again, going back to what I said earlier, guys, there's only one internet. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> your, your town's recycling schedule is on the same internet as Seed Shack attacking NATO. You, you know what I'm saying? So just be mindful of that. Intel to spin off Altera. Intel acquired the FPGA maker Altera back in 2015 for $14 billion. It now plans to spin off its Programmable Solutions Group, or PSG, that came out of that acquisition as of January 1st, 2024. The company plans to conduct an IPO for the new company in the next two to three years. CEO Pat Gelsinger said PSG underperformed because it focused on high-end chips for cloud and communications equipment, but missed on higher volume areas like industrial and aerospace systems. Intel will announce an investor for the new business soon. All right. I mean, straight cash, homie. there we go. Straight cash, homie. Intel, uh, when they say they're going to IPO PSG, <laughs> that means that they're going to cash out. Straight cash, homie. <laughs> right. <laughs> they spent $14 billion on that. Um, I do want to shout out. Uh, Intel, I've been doing uh, collaborations with them. You guys may have noticed Q2, we did one, Q3. We're going to do another one in Q4. Um, but dude, $14 billion for Altera. Um, that's big, big money. And obviously they're saying that basically Altera's problem was that they were targeting the wrong market. They were targeting, targeting high-end programmable chip consumers. And now they're going to make it uh, much more, uh, target a larger market, basically you and I. Um, and businesses. We'll see what's up. Um, I'm not, this is not obviously a financial show. This is not a financial advice. This might be worth watching though. I will tell you like Intel has been a household name since the nineties. Um, they've built, a, you know, they're, they're a household name, like period, end of story. Typically, if you're a sucky business or don't know what you're doing, you, you're a household name for the wrong reasons. Okay. <laughs> like Theranos. Is it Theranos? Was it Theranos was the blood company? Whatever it was. Um, but I, I have faith in Intel. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'll personally be interested in watching how this one performs. Again, this is not a financial show. That's a cybersecurity show. But um, anyways, this doesn't affect you and I day to day. Like we're not, we're not changing our threat model or our threat landscape based on Intel launching a programmable uh, compute platform uh, called Altera. You know what I'm saying? Dutch NGOs get free cybersecurity services. The Cyber Peace Institute in the Netherlands announced it will create a portal with a group of cyber response organizations to offer non-governmental organizations access to cybersecurity tools and services in the Netherlands. Along with the Hague Humanity Hub, the Dutch Institute for Vulnerability Disclosure, and the Global Computer Security Incident Response Team, Cyber Peace will offer training, tools, and advice to NGOs. CyberPeace CEO Stefan Dugan said the 2022 cyber attack against the Red Cross motivated the creation of this initiative. All right. I do appreciate when the CISO series kind of has like a vibe or like a theme kind of running throughout all the stories. Uh, we talked earlier about the Red Cross uh, issuing wartime hacktivist rules of engagement. Uh, definitely appreciate that. This is pretty cool. So in the United States, CISA actually offers a lot of free services to you know, businesses, basically. Uh, this is kind of the same vein where um, this coalition, European coalition, is offering non-government organizations. Now, right? Joel Belton's ice cream shop. But I think NGO is a very specific... Uh-oh. 
Okay. Um, NGO is a very specific designation, um, not just like a, a qualifier that you're not a government organization. So I'm not 100% sure with that. Um, I think that they do help uh, military and, and, and factions and stuff like that. But anyways, they're getting free access to cybersecurity services. It's called the Cyber Peace Institute. Um, I love this. I would actually like take it for action to look at what they have, what they're offering, and just be mindful of it. Many of us aren't in a position where we're going to be able to take advantage of this, right? Yeah, my 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 uh, my stream kind of skipped for a hot minute there. I'm not sure what happened. Um, here's the deal: if you support an NGO, definitely take a look at this. But I feel like many of us um, do not support NGOs. They're going to use open source Intel. This is kind of like an ISAC as well. Um, and this is a direct response to the Red Cross getting attacked the other day. Okay, like that's it. Uh, it's interesting. It's nice. I, I will say this. With CISA doing this um, recently and now uh, this coalition doing it, you're going to see more and more of kind of centralized free cybersecurity solutions being offered to uh, entities that cannot support themselves either financially or resources. Um, the only other thing I would say regarding this is it, it is, you got to keep this in mind too, guys. It is really righteous that they're offering this service, but you've got to be mindful too that they are getting all the telemetry and all the intel on behaviors. So they are providing that service, but they're not doing it for quote unquote free. They are getting that telemetry. So they are being mindful of who's attacking, what's attacking, um, and getting a richer corpus of data, which, which is a benefit, right? This is why Microsoft, for example, and Google have such great threat intelligence centers because they literally have this massive global footprint with millions of endpoints. So they know that, oh, like there's a flare up over here in Taiwan or there's a flare up in Nebraska, right? They can see that because they just have such a wide footprint. This is kind of similar, okay? TikTok closes shop in Indonesia. The popular <laughs> social platform operates a shop e-commerce service in a few markets. Up until now, it saw its biggest success in Indonesia, where it debuted in 2021. However, it stopped transactions on the platform in that country as of October 4th. This comes after the country announced new regulations last week, barring social companies from taking direct payments for online purchases. These rules came into effect to protect local businesses and domestic e-commerce services like Tokopedia. The main TikTok short-form video app remains available in the country. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> kind of surprised here. I mean, I wouldn't think Indonesia would be kind of like leading the charge on um, laws around e-commerce. E but uh, again, I'm not, th this This kind of reveals a little bit of my ignorance. I'm not really well versed in uh, Pacific Rim um, country geopolitical policy and stuff like that. I just, you don't, I don't know. I, I feel like you don't typically see it. Like, I feel like they're a little bit more loose over there. Um, but the rule bars social commerce companies from handling direct payments for online purchases. All right. That's cool. Um, Indonesia seeks to keep 60 million micro, small, and medium enterprises that contribute 61 of our gross domestic product from getting hurt by social commerce companies. All right. So this is, a, I guess, a method to um, protect small business. I don't know. I don't get it. Really. I mean, I know we occasionally have someone from Indonesia in here. Um, TikTok is still going to continue to operate, right? They're still going to be siphoning up data from Indonesia. So don't, don't make any mistake of that. They just can't make, take direct purchase and transactions. If I had to guess, um, they say they're halting the online shop. If I had to guess, smart people at TikTok and ByteDance in China are going to think of ways to not get around this, but find Maybe it's an intermediary who takes the purchase. Maybe they set up a business in Indonesia that is exclusively built for being that um, uh, broker between TikTok store and Indonesia to comply with this rule, right? So, I, you know, that's what it is. Nothing really, I mean, whatever. Like, this is like a nothing cyber story. If you've wanted to attend a live recording of the CISO series podcast, you need to join us in Mountain View, California. On a All right. So that's going to do it. We did go quick. It is 845. I was trying to go quick today.
I would love to do a live version of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, perhaps at Wild West Hack and Fest. You got to remember, they are on Mountain Time, which means we'd be getting up at 6 a.m. Uh, local time, 8 a.m. Eastern. So I don't know how many people want to get up at 6 a.m. and have this all up in their grill. Uh, but just know that I, I am seriously uh, considering doing a live, one or two live uh, daily cyber threat briefings uh, from Deadwood. Come at me, bro. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the news. I will spend a few minutes, uh, just like five minutes, hanging with you. Like I said, I do have to boogie out of here to go to the Citadel. Uh, feel a lot better. Uh, definitely appreciate everything that you do. Did we get a Simply Cyber Community Challenge baton pass successfully? I know I, I saw that um, someone did get tagged. I don't know if they accepted. Let's see. All right, let's see. Wild West Hackenfest, James McQuiggan. Oh, just so you guys know, James McQuiggan and I will be co-presenting at Wild West Hackenfest. We're like in the we're in like the the priority slot. It's like keynote, and then James and I take the stage. So, you know, pack a lunch because you don't want to move from your seat. Believe me. James is going to be parachuting down from his Learjet G6 style. I'm taking a Greyhound bus, but you know, we'll we'll get to the stage at the same time. Uh, hey, Fallon, Fallon, can you tag someone else? It looks like whoever you uh, tagged, uh, whoever you tagged did not officially accept the challenge. So we need you to pick one, pick a new one. All right. So casually Joseph's all in on a uh, getting up. Oh my. So Fareez Azari, I can't comment on attending virtually. Uh, I've only been there live. It's amazing. I can't comment virtually. George Strasberger, are you going to see us after dark again soon? Oh, um, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to be really pragmatic with what I um with what I work on right now. Um, there there was some speculation actually that my 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 affliction yesterday uh, was was more stress related. A couple people uh, suggested that. Um, I think maybe it was just a bug, uh, but either way, um, I'm trying to manage time appropriately. James McQuiggan says he'll get up at 6 a.m. Mountain Time to help with the show at Wild West Hackenfest. It will be different. Thanks so much for the super chat and. Yeah, let's do it. I, I love it. I will tell you the um, the ACI Learning IT Pro TV people are going to be there set up with a really professional studio. And I've wormed my way in um, to, to uh, I've wormed my way in to be able to use their resources. Ms. Julian's asking, what what time are we uh, presenting, James? Uh, let me let me show you, Ju Ms. Julian. Are you going to be there, Ms. Julian? Let me know. Okay, come on. Looking for an agenda, bro. Hold on one second. James, do you know what time we're presenting? I think it's 10 a.m. local time. Oh my God, come on, man. I don't know how to use this website. Um, hold on, here we go. Here we go. Um, oh yeah, they were supposed to put my picture here. There's Bo Bullock. Look at all these amazing people. Many of these people teach at, with anti-siphon training, by the way. I might get one of these Black Hill shirts. Like, it's official. Oh, my God. What's going on here? There's James. So they didn't put me on here yet. God dang. So I guess James McQuiggan will be... Pre oh, there I am. <laughs> all right. Let me do this. What the... All right. So there I am. There's James. Ms. Julian, to answer your question, it is October 19th, 10 a.m. local time. And the, the this particular discussion will have an 8-bit Nintendo Entertainment System OG Nintendo theme to it. So just get ready for that. All right. Lamar Anderson, are you taking the baton? Oh, Ms. Julian. Is part of the monthly book blog for uh, Cybersecurity Central. That's awesome, Miss Julian. I'm reading a couple good books right now. When I get when I get in the new studio, I, I kind of want like a shelf in the background with like whatever book I'm reading. 
All right. I love it. All right, guys. Hey, I got to get out of here. Uh, I genuinely appreciate all of you. Thanks for the well wishes. I feel much better, like 100%. Um, Lamar Anderson officially accepting the baton. Let's go, Lamar. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, programming note, Eric Taylor will be hosting the stream tomorrow. So uh, please um, enjoy him and uh, be well. I'll be in chat probably tomorrow, maybe mod chat. I, yesterday was my first mod chat experience, and I got to tell you, it was great. Um, what's Tom Bishop talking about here? Oh, oh, Tom Bishop. No, I'm not pushing that button, my man. Um, oh, hey, one other thing I want to share with everybody, and I'll do uh, more of this next week, but um, Cal Poly um, Space CTF. I posted about this online yesterday, but check this out. This is a free cybersecurity capture the flag event put on by Cal Polytech. Um, guys, I've been talking to Cal Poly tech just for like fun. I know that sounds ridiculous, but dude, the, the, these guys, Cal Poly tech, they're legit. I like really respect what they're doing. They've got a huge event coming out in April next year. This is the final event, the CTF for this, uh, calendar year. If you're interested, um, in getting more experience, more understanding, connecting with people, come check this out. Um, it's free to enter. I'm going to be doing some of it, but I can't live stream it. They asked me not to live stream simply because it'd be giving away uh, answers. Um, but guys, it's so, so cool. Definitely go check it out. All right, that's going to do it for me. Uh, be well, everybody. This was episode 466 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. Your chat, I'm Jerry. Until next time, stay secure. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one. Come